Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tried and True, a podcast hosted by Delaware War Machine. I'm your host, Paul. And I'm Dan. I'm Andy. And I'm Erica. It's uh, it's It's been a real long time, everybody. I think the last episode I think we had back in November, so th- th- thanks for... Thanks for making time tonight. Happy New yeah. Year. It's not Christmas anymore, so you know. <laughs> I know we have time. Like, we have time again. Everything's calmed down now. Yeah, at this point, uh, it, I'm still getting used to writing 2023 or typing it out. Dude, I still mess it up when I'm like trying to do things at at my my school and like trying to write on documents. I like keep on messing that like up, messing it up like all the time. It's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and take a, a moment to thank a, a couple folks. So more than dice, thanks for giving us a platform in order to go and share all the uh, good stuff that we put out, as well as the other podcasts that are out there. We got Advanced Maneuvers, Boker Broadcast, Minority Report, War Dice, Shop Talk. Lots of good stuff that's out there. Uh, definitely go ahead and take a look, whether it's, you know, Apple podcasts or however you end up listening to those, you got to go and check all those different shows out. If you like what you're listening to, please take a look, uh, check us out on YouTube. We actually just recently hit 1000 subscribers. Like what was it like last month? So that was, that was awesome. That's great. Oh, uh, Erica has been putting together a lot of battle reports. We have a lot of Mark four stuff coming through. Um, what, what is the next one? We got the, uh, it's, it's a uh, storm legion and revenge one. Yeah. It's, I think it's the revenge one with, uh, with uh, Rick and Dan, uh, Rick and Pete for yeah. Dangers yep, versus Signar. It's the epic conclusion of Battle of the Swamplands with uh, this time Storm Legion and a Blind Water Conjugation. Perfect. And when when do you think that's going to be coming out? Uh, so uh, for our patrons on Patreon, you guys can expect that battle report to drop next week. Uh, for everybody else on YouTube, we're looking at sometime the week of February twentieth. Perfect. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, that, that that's good stuff. And speaking of Patreon, uh, if you didn't know, we have a Patreon. We uh, have been getting a lot of support from those who are passionate about the game. So for those who are supporting us, thank you so much. With your help, we're able to assist us with being able to make more quality content. And we have been you know, really, really grateful for that. So thank you so much for helping us being able to you know, make the content for the community. And uh, also, I wanted to go ahead and give a, uh, a, a shout out, or actually to our first sponsor. Uh, we, we are being sponsored by Tabletop Armory. Uh, if you're not too familiar with it, Tabletop Armory is a um, Etsy store. And I think actually uh, uh, the guy who owns it, Ron, just started up a, a new website. We'll put it down in the show notes below. But uh, talking to, to Ron, he uh, helped us out and... We have a code which you can see down below. It is tried true ten, uh, all one word. And you end up using that, you'll be able to save ten percent on your order onto the shop. Uh, really, really great stuff. The uh, Ron has a lot of cool, like already like pre-cut uh, terrain templates that I've been using in order to go and deck out all of our tables. And he has so much good, useful stuff there. And not only does he have these terrain bases, but he also has good widgets and tools. And I think he also does the. Um, Oh, what is the, the 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 3D terrain? The bulldozer terrain. He ended up doing some of the bulldozer terrain. And I like you know, the uh, I like how modular it is. Honestly, it's it's all fully painted. It's all fully 3D. It's really really good stuff. Well, it's not full, it, it, it it's 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 finished, but then like you have to go ahead and, and and do it. So you have to like base it. You have to go and do like your terrain stuff with it. But but the modularity to it, absolutely. He has like these terrain packages. He has forest templates, uh, water lake templates, and just lots of really really good stuff. And Eric and I have been powwowing with it. We're gonna go try to make some how to terrain videos using that stuff. And we have a 
battle report you, uh, in a graveyard showing showcasing just nothing but tabletop armory stuff. So you got that to look forward to. So Ron, you're out there. Thank you so much. And again, that code is tried into your 10. And, and with all that out of the way, I think we just go ahead and talk about the outline of the podcast. And, and really today it's, it's, it's back from a long hiatus. We're just going to go and take a look at what's been going on, like what we have been all been up to between, I guess, November and, you know, now, and just talk about the official release of Mark IV. So let's just get right into it about what's been going on. Uh, well, Mark IV came out? Yeah, right? It, I'm for house cleaning. <laughs> Who's Mark? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we can just talk about all the things that happened in order. And I guess even before, because Mark IV officially released in January, Tony and I did PAX Unplugged. Uh, back in December, that was in the beginning of December, and we had a small steamroller. I think like I think we had like eight or nine people show up for it, but it was a fifty-point event. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, Dan ended up uh, taking first in that, so congratulations to you. But I think for I mean overall, like everybody had a good time with it, right? Yeah, I had a great time. Well, you know, winning's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the- it was also very much in deep in the beta too. So and it was a lower point steamroller, so it's tough to like. Yeah. I will. know what what your uh, what your future um what your future numbers are going to be based on that. You know, it's interesting right, you mentioned right. that because like it being at fifty points, I I I think the original idea was that we did fifty points because we thought that the starter boxes were going to be out at the time. But I think the delay because the popularity and the demand of them was so high, they didn't release until what like January, right? So. Yes. Yeah, so we did 50 points, and you know it wasn't super super exciting, but I think it was still good regardless. But um, I I think though in the future, I mean I got to go talk to Tony if we end up running it again. But I think the future we should probably look into doing a 75 or 100, but probably having it uh within like smaller amount of people or shorter rounds or, or not shorter rounds, but uh maybe have it over two days. But I think preferably if we do like a 75 with 17 with 16 people, I think that'd probably be the best thing. But speaking of steamrollers, yeah, so. yeah, but speaking of steamrollers, uh, who went off to Maplewood? Uh, me, Dan, and Erica were all there, right? Yep, yep. Shout yeah, out to, uh, I was going to say shout out to, uh, Seth uh, and Steve. They, they, uh, ran a really nice event. Well, Steve played in it, right? Seth ran it? Yeah. You talk about Rabido? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, because Rab- he had his Storm Rabido Legion. was still putting together his Storm Legion while <laughs> he was right, Yeah, he was gluing them at the table in between rounds. I think I Don't forget, seeing... we also carpooled up there with Pete. That's right. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah Gatorman yeah. Pete. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to see, like, other people. Like, if I remember my if my memory serves, I think Steve King was up there, too, playing. Was And was, uh, was gosh, why can't I think of his name? Yep. Dave, uh, Dave was there. Dave was there. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had it was actually a really uh, great turnout. I think we had 14, 14. Yeah, 14 players. We even wow. had um, two players out of Buffalo who made the four-hour drive uh, down to play. It was really great. Um, it was sort of like a family reunion because we all hadn't seen each other, uh, most of us, since the broker brawl. Yeah, we all had a diner uh, afterwards, too. It was good. It was That's good nice. vibes. That's great. Yeah, it was awesome. We all uh, collectively as a group, instead of going the fourth round, we just did three rounds with tiebreakers. Then we all grabbed dinner together. It was really nice. I think took first in that one, too. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I had a clash against Steve, actually, in the last round. It was a great game. No, he's a great opponent. I was going to say uh, that, yeah, like, yeah. being able to have, like, those three rounds, I think. Or, like, you know, calling it shorter to be able to enjoy that time. I know even with our steamrollers, we would go off and do meals somewhere. I think like one of the times we'd like get like faux. I think like that one restaurant that was nearby. It was just nice. It's just a great way to just hang out with everybody, talk shop, even the things that are not war machine. Yeah. At the end of the day, I like rolling dice and I like playing this game, but I don't do it just for the miniatures. I do it for the people too. So getting a chance to just hang out and chat without a table between the two of you 
or not a war machine table at least dinner table um it's it's a great change of pace and really helps you connect with those people that you're playing games with absolutely hey uh, erica do you know where all those coins are at this point for the king of coin league she better uh- <laughs> yeah, so uh, King of Coin League's going strong. Uh, we currently have 47 people signed up for the league. Uh, it's still open, so if you're interested, you know, let us know. Get you added on the Discord and get you access to the uh, the Google Doc. Um, Players can yeah. join basically at any time, right? Yes. Yeah. There's no cutoff. There's no cost of entry. It doesn't matter where you're at geographically, because uh, a lot of us are traveling to conventions. Uh, with these coins so we're trying to see how far we can spread them out to the masses um so uh, get 16 coins are out if you have a coin that buys you into the big final tournament at nova at the end of the year nice and we can uh coins can change hands any number of times like right up until the last day right yeah yeah you just have to roll up that saturday with one of our official 16 coins no counterfeit coins and uh yeah that buys your your ticket into the the final tournament yeah absolutely so possession being nine tenths of the law all you need is that coin that's cool and then, not how much you win it's when you win <laughs> that's right <laughs> and then also uh, other stuff that eric's been working on your your kator winter course first unboxing video that lo- was so much fun to watch oh yeah so uh funny story quick sidebar so andy and i were celebrating our five-year wedding anniversary four months late that's because of work uh, <laughs> in <laughs> philadelphia and while we were at dinner i uh, got an email from privateer press about uh the winter course starter and i was like oh oh my god like that that's awesome <laughs> Uh, I've, we've never been sent anything like this before. And unboxing is something we have yet to do on the, on the channel Uh, full disclosure. I don't watch too many unboxing videos. So I, I, as soon as we got home and I got the box, uh, I started doing as much research on YouTube as I could just to see like what was out there. Um, so that's what we got. Um, <laughs> I mean, you you, hit, you checked the box with having the cat in the video, so you, that was funny. Yeah, it was... You had the cat in video. You opened box. You showed what is in box. Yeah. Good job, uh, lady. Well yeah, done. it was a lot of fun. Um, I was really impressed at, like, the models that were one piece. So for me in this hobby, I don't like the hobbying part of the hobby, so I, I don't like putting the little mans together. So the fact that they're all one piece and all I have to do is attach them to the base, that's like a huge seller for me. I agree. <laughs> You're the same like person who, painted, who lovingly painted her entire Grimkin army. Um, well, painting's different. Yeah. I agree with Erica. Assembly has always been my least favorite part of the hobby because I just want to be able to play with my toys, not sit there just jamming pieces together and getting glue all over my fingers yeah that that's why i, I had... still have glue from last night that's <laughs> yeah that's why i had to um get the cossite woodsman out because those guys were such a nightmare to put together like i still had ptsd from putting well, I mean, these like, miniatures I was, together I was, I was gonna say like the uh, nis hunters as well like the exact same thing there's just like so many different pieces that are in there i am going to go say though is that just because of the ret jacks i did like the jack kits and then being able to do those dynamic poses but i think if we can you know shrink the amount of jack that you have and then swapping out the arms i'm definitely also a fan of that as well well i think yeah. look at the uh look at the sculpts of the new signar jacks they're extremely dynamically posed mm-hmm. like you can really like kind of make them a couple different action poses yeah they uh they look great also With the legs the... anyway i know the, uh, sorry i know the arms locked in my bad lady yeah no no that's okay um the other thing too is that the quality of the resin is definitely a huge improvement from what we saw with the battle boxes from last fall um they're not, you know, the the material isn't as brittle 
you know, nothing was pretty much outside of like the one Jack weapon. Nothing else was warped or broke uh, that came in that box. So did you figure out what that extra head was? Uh, I think it was part of a shoulder thing. Uh, that's what Chris said. So okay. uh, Chris is helping me assemble and paint the army. Shout out. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> you do an amazing job. Um, and we've been able to get those uh, replaced pretty easily. Privateer Press has been awesome and very receptive and very quick at replacing bits and parts that are either misprinted or broken. So yeah, no, absolutely. And then I know we have February food machine coming up. That's the, uh, that's the what is that? That's the, the, the 18th, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Right up. around the corner. Be excited for that. Yeah. I always like uh, seeing what combinations people come up with. So just kind of looking at what our community is discussing on discord. I think it's going to be a lot of Maylock. Like I think everybody is taking Maylock. <laughs> I was really hoping that we would have unlimited out by now. So you could see some really funny jank in the uh, in mark four style but it's got it's gonna end up being a, a prime event yeah that was actually um one th i guess we'll we'll hit on the point a little bit later uh but that is something in the app eventually with list building i think would be really beneficial for um you know tos that are trying to run events like this have some sort of like unlimited cross-faction list building so we could do stuff like um cast your drafts or um, you know, faction swapping right now, it's very, um, static on how you can build lists because it's strictly by army. There's no cross army or cross faction in the app right now. Yeah. I'm interested to see what that's going to go look like when you would do unlimited for like with the legacy factions, but I'm guessing what that's going to go look like is that the army is just going to be, you know, retribution, Skyrim, protector of Menoth, uh, you know, Kador, and it's just going to have all the models that are there and you just you know, plug them and pick them in from there. Yeah, I would assume there'd be like no theme or anything. It's just this is the this is the whole faction. Yeah, I'm like wondering if they're gonna have like here's like the prime drop down menu and like the unlimited drop down menu. So whatever that ends up looking like, um, I'm I've, I've been interested to see what that's gonna go look like. <laughs> It'll be the company of Iron Tab. <laughs> <laughs> that one thing that nobody touches. I forgot. What does that you. button do? <laughs> oh no! What have I done? How do I get back? Put How do back, I get back? back? <laughs> Uh, other stuff that's been going on. Um, earlier I mentioned about all these stuff that uh, I've been working with on Tabletop Armory. Um, so I've been doing a lot of terrain projects. Uh, these terrain projects are being used for our battle reports. Um, I have not been able to get as many games in. I haven't been able to paint any models because I've been really kind of you know, really focusing on getting as much of this terrain done for the, the bat reps, uh, for our steamrollers, and, and even for Nova as well. So that's that's been a pretty fun thing. So I, I mean, the graveyard, I'm super happy with how that came out uh, i think the next one that i have in line is i, I think it's gonna be my, my my last signar table so that'll be cool Low but steady yeah oh my god it's just so much insulation foam Ugh. you're doing god's work over there i mean i i feel i feel like it because i'm, I'm literally making a world it's great <laughs> hopefully we can use it more than once <laughs> yeah uh, get used. and then the when when's the susquehanna scuffle uh, set to do go again. So October, the, right? uh, October. So October seventh, um, Sussy Scuff twenty twenty three is a go. Uh, thank you to Grant and Marcelo. We are going to be able to utilize the battle bunker in Philly. So that means we can get up to what do we say thirty six people in there. And this is a three person team event, correct? Yeah, yeah. So the Susquehanna Scuffle is basically a fun meta off. Um, you know, get your get your meta, get your uh, your players. They're three man teams, and we're uh, battling out to see who's got um, the top. You know, it's like a store show, uh, dojo showdown. Uh, it's all in good fun. 
We had a really great time last year. Prize support was great. Thank you to Privateer Press. Uh, we had medals, tons of uh, models to give out to all of our, our players. It was just, it was great. Um, it's going to be a three-round event. Uh, I think we're open at 8, kicks off at 9, and we're hoping to get everybody out of there before 6. When are we starting tickets on that later? Oh, yes. Good point. Uh, tickets will be available uh, starting 1 June, and uh, it's ticket per person, not per team. Gotcha. And then did you say what point value it was? Uh, still on the – jury's still out on that one. It's either going to be 75 or 100 um i again something i think we're going to hit on a little bit later i'm more partial to 75 mm -hmm. uh but uh of course i'm open to hearing what what people want what their preferences and then i also see the siege invitational so that that's going to be coming up yep so that's a uh, shout out to the minority report folks that's their big uh steamroller that they run every year that is an IG qualifier. And if you haven't seen their giant Siege Hammer trophy, that thing is a wonder to behold. I think it's like, what, 60 pounds, Andy? Yeah, didn't you? It's, like, all, it's all in one spot, too. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. So um, the idea, so that's that. All tied at the end of it. Yeah, so that's like their, uh, that's going to be the big trophy. So after five years, so if you win, you get your name like on a little placard on the hammer. And then after the fifth year, they're going to um, do a lottery. And if your name is on the hammer, you get entered in the lottery. And if your name gets picked, congratulations, you get a siege hammer. That's so legit. I'm flying out this year. I don't, uh, Erica, you can't make it, right? I can't, um, but I would like to sponsor one of our uh, community members from Delaware War Machine to, uh, you know, take my spot, my ticket for that. So it's a cool Chicago trip. Maybe we'll get somebody to go. Rick uh, might be going. I'm not sure. I know. I'm sorry. I'm missing it, guys. I'll try and catch it next year. And then I guess for the last big events that's happening, it'd be normally towards like the end of our list, but it's actually, uh, it's the Boca Brawl and it's sooner this year. It's in April. Yeah, it's coming right up. I yeah. I cannot believe it. it's like so soon. Yeah, that's coming right up. I think that's one of the reasons we, we jumped on October because that month freed up since the brawl got moved. Yeah. Oh, for Sassy Scuff, yeah. Yeah. I'm really, really excited to go ahead and see everybody for that. Because again, like I haven't been off to the shop as much as I would like to, but... You know, I'm looking forward to being able to see Seth and everybody from Portal and stuff there. So I, I can't wait. All right, well, you're on our team, so get some reps in, man. I, okay, cool. <laughs> it's like when I'll Paul get... doesn't need reps. He's just going to drop Issy like five games in a row and dominate. I mean, and, and she, that's she, been my experience so far I mean, playing she, against her. She's pretty good. She's I mean, <laughs> real she, good. I know. Uh, So, yeah. All right. Well, then I think that's all the different events and stuff. And then... I, you know, we're we're talking with the the all the different battle reports that we have with the Mark IV armies. So, Erica, we we said that Storm Legion's coming up. When's uh Wintercore and Orgoth? I think getting on the channel. Uh, so Wintercore will probably be our next Mark IV army. We're going to have featured on the channel. Um, we're aiming for March on that one. May have to get pushed to April because uh, we are going to Adepticon. Um, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot. This is a busy spring. Uh, so I would say April at the latest. Uh, I know Rick has a – he's excited. He always loves coming on the uh, on the channel, sharing his army. He's got a fully beautifully painted up Storm Legion army. So we'll more than likely have him back uh, a few times <laughs> to uh, to share uh, Storm Legion. 
No, that's great. And then for Orgoth, I know I got mine, but again, like the, the painting of them is not going to be, I I refuse to put a great army on the table. And I'm pretty sure the viewers wouldn't like that either. So <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, so... I don't think we have anybody locally who has fully painted Orgoth yet. I mean, of the people that have them, I think they're just, just Cap, starting to work Cap's on them. Painting them up Cap's right painting them up. You should get Cap's Dave to come down. Get Dave Didn't come down Dave paint table. like yeah. three full Orgoth boxes? For yeah, yeah, he's he's way more than full FA. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that guy's a machine with a paintbrush, I'm telling you. Yeah, so uh, one of the things for the battle reports, uh, we did put out like a New Year's message, just, you know, thanking everybody for their support and their feedback and kind of like a look back. This is where we started. This is where we are. Um, so quality for us is definitely a forefront, and we want to make sure that we maintain that, uh, which is one of the reasons for our recording. We're transitioning to, or we have, to one battle report a month. So that allows us to, you know, get better angles, so you guys get closer to the action, make it more dynamic. Um, yeah, and just, just give a better product out there. And then also, well, l l final thing, though, data recording. I saw that you ended up plugging the, uh, what is it, the, the, the Nova? The Nova little short that you put on? Uh, oh, yeah, that just released today. Yep, so um, we're going to start releasing some uh, promos to advertise the events that we are hosting, the War Machine events that we are hosting at Nova Open 2023. Um, got in touch, of course, with the Nova folks, so they're going to be sharing that on their platforms as well. So uh, we have an awesome spread. I think we're going to be hitting on that. Uh, are, we, are we talking about that now? Yeah, let's just talk about it now. I mean, okay. talk about all the other events for the year. We might as well do Nova, right? Yeah. I mean, that's one of okay. the big cool. one for us, right? <laughs> all right, y'all. We're running the Nova War Machine events this year. We're super excited. Uh, we have a really great schedule um our big thing is is so of course we're going to have all your popular all your favorites so the team event the ig qualifier um we're also i guess our big marquee event that we are putting on this year is an orgoth narrative campaign which is going to be this team-based thing we can get into that in a little bit more detail a little bit later king of coin finals of course we're also having an as an alternate to the IG qualifier. So if you're coming back to the game or you're uh, new to War Machine, you have some models, you just kind of want to like check out the scene, but maybe you're not feeling, um, you know, the really hyper competitive scene of the IG qualifiers. We wanted to make sure that there were events offered for that part of the community as well. Um, so we have the casual Nova Steamroller. Um, we have that Orgoth narrative event and then we're going to have open play at the table so if you want to come roll dice with the tried and true crew and other members of delaware war machine we'll be there to play games with you and there's going to be prize support for all of these events so regardless if you're playing in the ig qualifier or king of coin there's going to be some sweet sweet swag and prizes for everybody i'm really excited for nova i think it's great i think the amount of events that are going to be run and and also you get the king of coin and it, what was interesting is that when you put out your feeler for King of Coin to begin with, I remember it was like a Google form. He said, are you excited for King of Coin? And one of the responses was, what is King of Coin? And I know that I actually clicked that. I'm like, what are you, are you talking about in here? So what was like, what for those, because you mentioned it earlier, but what is it? Like, so, you know, people know what that actual event is. I'm going to, uh, Dan, I'm going to kick this over to you. That's great because I wanted to talk about it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best at like explaining this kind of stuff. So please. <laughs> so you know how in Lord of the Rings they have they made all of these like holy sacred rings for all the different races and everything huge magical power and everything well King of Coin is kind of like that except instead of 
foraging a bunch of rings, we stamped a bunch of uh, wooden coins, each with their own faction symbol on it. Now, at the end of the year, at Nova, we're going to put on a tournament. It's free tournament to enter, and it's an invitational. But it's not traditional like any other invitational. You don't score points over the course of the year. You don't uh, you know, have to go to different events and do it. Uh, your entry fee into the King of Coin tournament is a coin. If you have one, you get to play. And you can get a coin by challenging somebody that has one. So at the beginning of the year, we mailed out all of these coins to several different meta groups on the East Coast and instructed them to uh, give them out, one to each of the players that they, they trust to carry their coin around. And they're the uh, coin holders. So all you have to do at any event, either casual or a tournament or uh, just a pickup game at a kitchen table or anything, you find one of these coin holders, challenge them to a game, and if they lose, they have to give up their coin. You now hold the coin, and you can enter the tournament. When you sign up for the uh, for the league, um, basically you get access to the uh, Google Doc that tells you who has the coins at any given moment. So basically... If you know somebody who has it, you could, you could, there's a big target on their back. That's right. Um, and you can gain or lose a coin any number of times throughout the year. So that's why it's important for us to keep track. We want you to register and send us your information if you're going to be in the league and getting a coin. Because we want to be able to get those coins back and make sure that we have a full, um, like, clean-cut tournament for this Invitational at the end of the year. And... It's a format I'm super excited about, so I really do hope we can bring it back next year as well. Yeah. Um, oh, I was just going to say, to caveat off of that, so this year the coins are wooden, right, guys? So this is the test year. If I can get all 16 coins back in D.C., we may be able to upgrade to metal for 2024. So just so keep good accountability on the. On that's right. Guy. Even better incentive, bring them back. So yeah, Pete, Pete and I just got, uh, just got back from Captain Con. We saw a couple coins change hands during the tournaments so they're they were up there they're all over the place right now i want to see when it gets to canada <laughs> I it's only a matter of time the, uh, west coast yeah that would be cool too yeah. um so because you can take this coin anywhere um it's important to know who has them and where they might be located that's also another function of that spreadsheet so if you choose to join the league but you don't know where the coins are you can log in and check the spreadsheet and and see, okay, there's a coin, you know, one or two states away. Maybe if I look for an event over there, I can make a day trip. I can do a tournament. I can find this guy, get his coin, and take it home with me. So, uh, you know, we encourage you to be as active as you want in this event. Uh, you just cannot challenge the same uh, person that's holding a coin more than once per week to prevent things from, you know, just changing hands between the same two people repeatedly. Wasn't there also guidance that it's like they all have to be played in person, like there's no war table games, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's so... a few other things involved, mostly around being being able to physically pass the coin to somebody else. Gotcha. Yeah, we can't stop you, but we highly suggest that the, be, these be in-person games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and regards to information that we need to, to for you to register on the league, it's really your name. I don't even need your last name, a good email address, and then what banner or a meta you will be playing under or like what store so what's your local gaming store that way uh if people do want to play uh they can have a general location of where that coin is gotcha and then just correct because I, I i don't have the schedule in front of me is king of coin the same day as the 
cat uh the orgoth narrative event it is it is that saturday gotcha so then you're so then i guess i can use that as a segue in talking about that i am really 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 excited for the orgoth invasion so this this event we're actually doing like playtesting for it right now and I, I think the current the current scope of what we're doing right now because it's like our test year for doing it it's like a bit of an escalation style event so it's going to be a 50 75 and 100 point scenario and what we're going to do is once the 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 scenarios are finalized we'll post them online so you can go ahead and take a look at it but like right now it's kind of a uh seize the objective um protect the civilians or or try to capture the civilians and then finally like storm the gates of a stronghold like that that's at least the the current um rough draft of what we have right now and and it's been really really exciting to work on and actually uh i haven't been again haven't been able to make it out to the shop but erica you were able to go run uh the 50 point event uh this past tuesday and you said that it was uh, i guess well received by the people there yeah, um, we got a lot of good feedback. So I guess uh, I guess to take a step back. So um, we're doing this as like a narrative uh, campaign of the Orgoth invasion, right? So when players come to this event, we're going to split the group up in half. One group will be playing the invading force, the fighting for the Orgoth, and the other group will be playing the invaders, fighting for the Iron Kingdoms. Doesn't mean that um, you know non-Orgoth players can't play on the invading team and vice versa, right? Um, so you guys, we split in half. So the way that the tables are being set up is we're doing them by a region. So the regions we have, we have a Signar, Ios, and Kador. So we have all these tables that are themed. Each region will have their own special rules that are associated with that table. So for example, if you are playing in Ios, we have these magical rune rock things that are sprinkled on the map. And if you have a character that casts spells that's within two, two inches of that terrain piece and enter two inches you can roll a d6 and something good happens or something bad may happen depending on that die roll Hador, i think we have like a snowstorm that that comes in on round three with special rules and signar has a cursed terrain that that gets moved around um so as the teams are playing the teams are going to play for um ownership of that region to see who wins so let's say the invading force takes Kador, the Kador tables round one, but the defenders are able to defend Ios and Signar. That's going to kind of change what happens from round to round in that region. And so at the end of those three rounds, uh, we'll see, you know, if the invasion was successful or if they were able to be repelled. Um, so we were able to, so thank you, Delaware War Machine, for helping us test these scenarios. We were able to test that first scenario using uh, one table from each region to kind of you know, test the different, uh, you know, the different conditions of those maps. And when we're trying to like develop the tables for them, we're actually trying to have each nation feel different from each other. So, I mean, the, the stuff, again, going back to tabletop armory, using their bases in order to go ahead and construct forests and rubble and, uh, you know, tall grass, everything else that you would normally see in a normal, you know, game format. But, it's going to feel like the wintry wastelands of Kador. It's going to feel like the misty, mysterious lands of Ios. So I, I, I'm really excited to see what our tables are going to go look like, considering you know what we saw last year. And again, like we're just only looking to upgrade and make the tables that much better. I will, I will say just observation wise, I think I mentioned this to you, Paul, when I was taking pictures and sending them to you. It was really nice to see tables without the circles and the rectangles like they just visually look more appealing no oh, I, they belong I hear you. they belong what would you say andy they belong <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know. I think they look better without him, but... <laughs> I mean, personally, I know that I've had the conversations is that I like the arbitrary circles and rectangles I've never was a fan of, and I would rather go fight over a MacGuffin that's, like, in the middle of the board, which I'm like, that's visually something that I want at that point. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. And, you know, hopefully we'll have those rules finalized in the next, like, month or so. Yeah, and it, it's going to be fun, too. So, like, if you're, depending on, like, what team you are, like, we're going to have, like, a team general, right? So... Let's say your Kador players, you know, maybe because of the rules in the Kador region, they may get a bonus for defending Kador. So it's like, as a team, you can collaboratively come together and be like, okay, I feel like my army would serve best, you know, here versus here. Were you saying um, like something about like there being like a commander of like the teams and like you would like redeploy, like you're going to go here or go there or something? Like yeah, that? yeah. So each side's going to have like an overall like general, right? And then each region is going to have its own like commander. Right. So it should be fun. I think it'll be a good time. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what it's like and then, you know, barring success for that, we can maybe start to build it up and see what would be a, in future Novas. But. Yeah, like maybe make it a two-day event if it ends up being big. And for those that are playing King of Coins, since those um, events come, run alongside each other, if you play King of Coin and let's say you're out at like round one or two, you can just come over and we can cycle you in on the narrative scenarios or the narrative campaign as well no that's good um was there anything else that we need to talk about nova come to nova guys it's gonna be fun there's a lot there's a there's a lot <laughs> i think oh, tickets ticket... go on sale yeah. march 1st right yep. yes tickets go on sale march 1st yes all right and then i guess with the latter half of this we can go ahead and talk about the official mark IV announcement so i guess the initial knee-jerk reactions of everything i know that when mark four was first announced i know that like the unit movement thing was was weird and then the rack spells and stuff but really like i think after us playing our games I, I feel like a lot of the things we were over worried about i don't know how you end up feeling about it but i know there were some other knee-jerk reactions uh from the uh you know overall so like i know like the the defenses thing was a bit of a weird thing that was there was a relatively negative response to that but they had to see that coming just with the quantity of information that was brought out that was it was it's tough to swallow that so they did the they did the right thing though they um they, they took it back they said we're reevaluating re how these work and what they cost and all that stuff and they even said they're going to sell them individually so you don't have to buy four packs of everything so I, I think they're i think they're hopefully getting some goodwill on that i think that's good and it's again like the, one of the things i do like about pp is that they really do listen to the community and see what would you know what actually works with us and and you know the players and stuff and it, it really does put us i guess in the forefront of that of those decisions um how has everyone's thought about legacy versus mark four new factions like have you found it to be very difficult to play the legacy into mark four legacy against legacy mark four against mark four like what, what have your experiences been uh so far uh, i mean it's mostly legacy so far right because not everyone most people can't feel the full uh mark four faction yet so yeah unless of like the one proxying or something yeah i mean of the of the ones we've played i mean signar seems bonkers man signar just seems freaking bonkers um, the other two seem relatively Signar's fair. Always been bonkers. People <laughs> just stopped playing it. Kador seems relatively fair of the ones that I've. Uh, sorry, Winter Core has seemed relatively fair because uh, I've proxied against Erica a bunch of times. Um, and Orgoth seem. I haven't played against all of the infantry yet, so I'm not entirely sure how they. I mean, the, the whole, the whole Kishtar thing was a bit crazy, but that got knocked down pretty quickly. She's still a super swingy caster. I, I would hope they try and rebalance her a little bit to be a little bit more 
uh, either I kill you or I lose kind of, oh, I'm kind of thing. Wait, what was the Kishtar thing? I missed that. Excellent chat for Phantom Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that one. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so Kishtar basically feats and runs at you and gets within 10 inches of your caster and then blows them up um, uh, with okay. a very high likelihood of success. Okay, so gotcha. it's, um, it, and then she's 10 inches from your caster, so if she fails at that, she dies. Gotcha, so gotcha, yeah. She's, and she's probably a, spending the majority of her stack trying to put up the buff spells needed to actually nuke. Yeah, but, you know, she's part of the new faction, so they got, the casters don't need to allocate focus. You know, it's actually, I'm thinking about this, though, is that if you had that, you probably could have just, you're saying 10 inches, but you probably do 15 inches because of the, what, arcing focus or whatever that one command card is. And stuff. No, it's her, it's her control it, range aura. Yeah, her feet um, adds damage rerolls when you're in her control range, and accuracy rolls when the ally shooting or attacking is in her I, control I'm range. sorry, I'm being dumb. I'm she needs about to be up breath, in your face. I'm, I'm thinking about the other caster, Sabreth. No, Sabreth's so really cool. I love the way they did her, because she basically she builds her own feet by taking her spells on her rack. Like, That's I, really, really cool. I'm telling you, I, I have I have the Orgoth, and I, I said if I decide to play them for a Boker Brawl, it's going to be Kishtar and Sabreth. And I, w I, I would main the shit out of Sabreth. She looks awesome. She is so cool. I've never had like a, a utility spellcaster like that before, and... I absolutely dig her. I love her. She's great. All right. Well, if your feet goes really, really well, you feel really smart. But if your feet fails, it, it was your fault. So, you know, <laughs> it's one of those. Yeah. I've actually played oh. um, a couple of uh, games with Retribution against the Legacy and Mark IV. And to your point about uh, New Signar, because that's the only Mark IV army that I fought against, Rick's army. It was very hard for me to puzzle around, like, how to deal with, I think, Wolf's feet, where he would go and shoot you if you were to go to remove something. So yeah, I have I, two. I have two kind of big complaints about not huge complaints about the new stuff in general. I think they have a lot of random crit effects that are extremely powerful. Wasn't that the and thing can kind of just going to have like in the thing? More I know, but I don't. I'm just don't, mad about last night. That's all. <laughs> no, it's not even that. I I don't like games being decided on like a random crit happening. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I didn't plan for that, but cool. I just killed your caster. Neat. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Bro, it, that's that... been like all my games. <laughs> like, uh, no joke. Um, I get completely tabled and then I'm like, well, I guess I'll try and assassinate you. And that's, those have been all of my wins. Yeah, but that's, that crit slam was not even part of your assassination. It just kind of happened. It was just Amen. like, oh, it was pretty I, guess cool. I, have, I guess I have crits on all my weapons. I don't know. There's that. And I feel like the new factions get a lot of focus for free, like a lot of focus for free. I, I mean, I'm irrespective looking... of can, the we, can we take a second to talk about the Signarin mechanics? Those they're things not are a... dumb. They're not, they're okay. not okay. They're not no. okay at all. Do they still do the thing that they're able to go do accumulator? Do they still have accumulator? Yes. So the, so the striker yes. chassis has accumulator and they have empower. So a single mechanic <sighs> model basically completely fills that up, fills up a striker without anything from the caster guys they're only four points jeez yeah and they're armor 17 with five boxes and they hit like a truck too and and they're just and they're just good in combat <laughs> it makes me sit there and go i look at my choir and i go what the fuck's wrong with you guys yeah. what i was gonna go say is like just going back to playing with Rhett. I, I out of all the different casters helena was by far my favorite just because she was the one i started with and i loved her but Playing Helena into um, Storm Legion just never worked, and then I'm like, okay, I guess I gotta go play Assyria and Blinding Light on all the ranged jacks, so that way, you know, the wolf feet doesn't do anything, and you're able to kind of, you know, trivially remove, you know, those, um, those, uh, th those pesky guns so your infantry can get there. It, it was fine. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, 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 pretty much every. Oh god. Sorry. No, no, I'm just saying. It just it kind of felt like playing on the back foot 
unless if you're playing like the the best stuff in there so i think one of the the concerns is that the mark four armies might have like might outpace i think they have a lot more tools potentially but i think that you might have resources as long as you use them effectively i think you'll be all right but i mean you might have to go play that caster you're not super thrilled with because they're the ones that work yeah i think they i think that's very very true in that basically the new factions ha have a lot more you have a lot more fun list building the new factions because you have a lot more variety of things to tool around with with the legacy right. factions I've seen so far, it's basically just like you you, you build the one list that works. I right. agree. I feel like the uh, the new Mark IV armies have that versatility element that's missing from the legacy ones. And as always in wargaming, having options usually equates to having power. So uh, the more ability you have to customize your rack spells and your jack loadout to exactly what this army needs the tools to do uh, in a certain matchup or, you know, cover another army's weaknesses, that sort of thing. They have much higher ability to do that than the legacy factions do at the moment. And I think that's where the tipping point may come in. Mm -hmm. And you know what also I was uh, going to go say is it, it, the, the Mark IV army spell racks so playing my games against rick because he did storm legion all the time he would always do i think deflection and something else and basically he always had deflections so like all right i want to be like def 15 from shooting and you know good on him for doing it because that's like the smart decision to go do um you don't bother with against me because i'm playing protector so. <laughs> but, but i guess what i'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to get at though is that because dan's been doing winter core eric has been doing winter core and i've like i've been theory building with Oregon, not having to put it on the table do you just find that whenever you list build you just kind of take the same rack spells and then it's like okay in this matchup i'm going to have to switch it out kind of yes uh at least in my experience so far i'll take you know say uh baronova katarina baronova mm -hmm. uh she has three rack spells and i will go into like 90 percent of games saying these are the three i probably want to start with right okay what's my opponent playing do I need to swap one of these because in this specific game, that tool is not useful? Um, I have a small list of the rest of them. I have a small pick list that I have of things that I commonly will swap in. So for her, as an example, my spells that I, I rack uh, by default at the start is going to be uh, uh, Razor Wind, um, Avenging Force, and iron flesh mm -hmm. and then i look and i say oh my opponent doesn't have too many guns or blast damage or anything maybe i consider dropping iron flesh and taking superiority so that way my heavy jack can out threaten their heavy jack and now i can play this game where we have to jockey for position um i have to look for those opportunities to make sure that every time i play a game it's going to have the right tool for the right job i think just slotting the same things and going into autopilot is going to be a big mistake that a lot of players are going to fall into. Um, you know, similar to the old, ah, well, I, I got second place or second on the die roll. I get to choose my side. I'm just going to stay here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's going to be a, uh, if you force yourself to make this decision, it could lead to having a lot of advantages. And if you sleep on this decision point, it could come back to bite you. I guess yeah, my just, from a rack, oh, go ahead. just from a rack perspective, I don't think there's any in the Kador or Signor one. I mean, the Signor ones, I mean, you're always probably going to stake Snipe. But um, but I don't think there's any in those lists that are just, you're, are just, you're, you have to take in every single list with every caster. I think they're, I think they're 
depending on the caster you're playing, there's different options that you can play with. So I think that's I think that's hitting where they want they want it to be. I guess where um, my point was to talk about. Sorry, Erica. Just I was one thing. I guess yeah. that my point is like when I was theory crafting with Orgoth, I look at Sabreth and I look at her. I think she has overtake. Like she field marshals it. So then I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. I want to take lights with Berserk and Arc nodes. So that way I can have Berserk overtake lights and maybe have Carnage up there for that. And I guess that's what I'm trying to get at is like when I'm list building, I'm like, this is what I want this list to go do. But then I might not have, like, if I look at my matchup, I'm like, well, then maybe I don't play this list or I can't play those rack spells. So I, I guess my, to my point was that list building is weird where it's that, do I just want to do a list that seems good and then I just do the spells that would help it be delivered? Or do I want to go try to do a very, sh like, unique shtick and then really lean into that? Um, go ahead, Erica. I was just going to say, uh, since we're talking about, um, you know, before leaving the Legacy versus Mark IV army thing with defenses. Um, so, sorry, I'm going like way back in the conversation it's here. Okay. But uh, so one thing that was said online about defenses is that's why we need our, um, what, do, what do you call it, our uh, 120 mil bases back and our, our 80 mils, right? Because that's what's going to take out defenses. I remember because Andy and I were in Philly when the news dropped about the defenses. And the first thing I said to Andy was, you got a church. I got a tank that moves seven inches. So for some of these legacy armies, are they going to be at a significant um, disadvantage if they only have access to battle engines? Because a lot of the older battle engines only move four inches. Well, sure, they can run five inches, right? But even placing a 120 millimeter base causes uh, complications. No, that's one of the reasons I stopped. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I stopped taking them in Mark III because I would just jam my army out because I had this ginormous base. I mean, the cart, right? The corpse cart. That's that's a that's own thing. But it's a solo like, if throw. yeah, but if I'm um, but if I'm relying on these big bases to run over these terrain features, I. I don't know if Legacy is going to be able to keep up the same way a Mark IV army does, just strictly because of those 80 millimeter bases. No, I would I appreciate you not slandering my pipe bargain. Thank you. <laughs> no, but I actually no because you're saying about. I remember that there's a, a huge issue, and I know like when I was playing my Tridents all the time, I needed that landing spot for it to be, and there was no landing spot that it couldn't be up there. So yeah, no, I think not. I think you know having a 40 millimeter bigger model on the table is definitely going to cause some complications in there. So, no, I agree. Um, what about our well, overall... Th oh, go ahead. Um, I want to dovetail off of what you were saying about what kind of list do I want to build. Oh. Um, and you were saying, uh, do I want to make it some, like, purpose-driven, rack spells all do a certain thing, you know, to, to pull off this cool combo that I have in mind, or do I want to just take delivery spells? And I... I think that's the beautiful part about Mark IV. You can do both. Oh, I thought there was more to that. <laughs> yeah, oh, you, so, you, could, yeah. you could you could literally just do 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 have that as your intent, or yeah. have as your intent to be like I'm going to be flexible depending on what I'm fighting. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really absolutely. Can... What what's that mean? Why not both? Right. Okay, no more those. Where's Pete? Where's so... Pete? Yeah. So let's go and talk about our different point sizes. It's funny we say like on the list it says 175, and we're not even talking about 50 or 30s. So, do we even need to mention fifties and thirties, and why we? But why is that even I, part of the conversation? I no, would I love think, to. 
Yeah, I, I would too, definitely. I think okay. 30 points is, is ideal for new players to get in the, into the game absolutely. and starting to move models around. Sure. Absolutely. Agreed. I had a chance to demo the game at 30 points with somebody. I unpacked like six models total or what have you. And the person that I was teaching picked it up very, very quickly because I wasn't overloading them with too much stuff. Um, you know, I can play two 50-point games in the space of one game night on a weekday, I would never be able to pull that off with a 75 or 100 point game. Mm -hmm. Those games definitely have a place. Talk with your friends and see if you're interested in those game sizes. I'm also, and then with at least for the 50 point ones, again, with how Steamroller goes, it's weird because I think you kind of run into the same issue of like doing small point games, like a 25, like a traditional 25 point game in a Steamroller. Like it was playable. I think I played that with the other Andy uh, at AU when Mark III was still being played. And, I mean, it was playable, but it, it just, again, it, it felt weird having the low amount of models spread so far across on the table. Uh, I think other scenarios or more dense terrain to actually feel like you're you're in, like, a city or a thick forest and you're doing a fight, I think might feel better for 50-point games as opposed to these large swathing or these large locations or with, like, the big open areas because it's very easy to go in, you know, pelt and shoot things off i know when i played my game against rick uh he did storm legion versus my retribution helena and i i remember that i'm like i'm trying to move my guys up and it just it you know it it didn't feel good because there wasn't as much like things to keep him behind because it was just like a traditional like you know normal like seven to eight pieces of terrain scattered around on the board so i mean i I think 50 point definitely has a place. I just think it's not been polished to what those games should actually look like. But then 75 and 100, I think this is the big, argu not argument, but I guess the big discussion that a lot of people are having online of like what's ideal. Yeah, everybody's kind of looking at each other going, what What are you playing? What let's, are you playing for your simulator? What are you playing for yeah, your simulator? Yeah, let's go around the horn real quick. Everybody here, what do you prefer, 75 or 100? Start with Paul. You know... Okay, gut check, I really like 75 more. Okay, Dan? I really like 75, but I respect 100. Andy? How long can my answer be? <laughs> it's what we're here to talk about. Um, I think 75 is causes a lot of issues with list building, which yes. is probably the intent. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, 100 points feels like a full game like it's it's this is it's an hour clock this is a full game i have enough models to do a full scenario that's that feels like it's intended you get all um, your toys to play with right and that's I mean, not actually all of them, why yeah. i i really like 75 is because it actually i found making 75 point armies difficult because i'm forced to make real sacrifices yes. and lift list building yes. do yeah. i actually want that support unit or do i just need to take another solo that's gonna score something like a flag um i'm sorry can we like talk about real fast on like how solos are very important now because they're the only things that score flags so it's like you really have to think about adding solos to your army instead of having like the free wreck options like back in mark three yeah, yeah having that, cheap solos is, is hard at this point yeah and that, that's the other thing too with legacy armies uh because a lot of those solos are very expensive like four and five points and um some of these new guys are like two points i know uh, my elias gade his defense 12 armor 16 with five boxes is five points i'm like I can't, i'm sorry man i can't bring you you're just too freaking expensive but yeah solos yes i agree are very are very important erica 175 uh 75 i uh <laughs> <laughs> i like i like this the smaller model gap because the game goes faster and uh to you know repeat what's already been said i like there being a choice 
uh, like you really have generate hunter pointer. Yeah, like you really have to critically uh, think and you value your pieces more uh, versus the 100 point game. You can just you can bring everything like a 100 point game feels like I'm trying to play Mark three while in Mark four. My biggest problem yep. with 75 right now is not the list building. It's the it's too easy to to out attrition your opponent in one big knockout punch. So with 75 points, if you get a decent alpha, the game might just be over. I yeah, that's because they don't have enough to hit back. Yeah, that's. that's I hate actually... to tell you that, Andy, but that happens at a hundred points too. It can, but you, if, if you're as the person who's not getting the alpha, if you position decently, like there's a better chance of you having enough to at least chew through some things and score on scenarios. Yeah, that's there. actually something else I kind of wanted to touch on, and Andy and I were talking about this after a game last night. Is that turn two and three? In Mark 3, of course, that was, like, probably the two most important turns of the entire game. In Mark 4, that, that's, like, it. Like, turn, turn 2, just that just straight up decides the game, at least in the experience I've I've had playing this, because the attrition swing is uh, it's real. It's real, you guys. And it's amazing yeah, committing, how, like, the Committing units is committing full units. No, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. No, I was going to say, like, because you're saying the, the, uh, the units like your threat ranges so i know pre-january update with the syria and the sire having desperate pace and crusader's call my sentinels threatened 14 inches and then storm legion i think rick's stuff threatened at most 13 inches so i no matter what i would out threat him on that and now being back at 12 it's like well do i just get shot at or do i get charged at or do they run it it's just it's weird where you don't really have much options at that at that point but I'm still yeah. catching a lot of people on a lot of like the weird sightline stuff. You could have an entire unit hiding behind a house and have one guy peeking out the side, and that whole unit's going to get there. So mm -hmm. like people still aren't quite savvy with the Mark IV unit rules yet. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, the, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, the way movement rules, and Andy's been helping me out a whole lot about this. So for me, I've, I've played GW games too with like piling in. So the way I look at units now, I'm like, oh, it's just piling in, but it's really not. Um, it's... Like, this is a brand new, like, unit movement skill set that I'm definitely lacking right now. Andy's been helping me a whole lot about it, like, with my suppressors last night, having them in a triangle formation versus, like, just shoving them into your stuff so you can't charge me. Um, I think that's just going to create an all-new, um, you know, basic thing you have to wrap wrap your head around because it's mark four right so it's a brand new um aspect of this game that didn't exist before have you all been it's having amazing. an easy job like sorry uh doing the threat ranges for like range weapons because of the placement of two so it's like it's actually what like whatever the walk and range is like that plus three inches or whatever it is have you been like the, gun, the gun the guns don't bother me it's these like like andy was saying these crazy charges that you have to watch out for like that that's what's getting me more than the guns the gun i'm gonna get shot at like i have to get up the board so i'm just i'm eating that on the way up mm -hmm. but um the the attrition swing again most pretty pretty much pretty much most of the mark four games i've played it's we've been scrapping in the middle and it's that attrition swing and that's what you know that that that's what decides the game and it's pretty quick and maybe maybe that's mark four maybe that's the intention but um like for like as a grimkin player thank god for the heretic and that fortune's path you guys it's really good it's really good um, I, I've been getting completely tabled at my games, and it's been some, like, Hail Mary assassinations, and that's literally how I've been winning all of my games that I've won. Hey, hey Erica, month. that thing that the heretic's carrying around, is that a staff or a crutch? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He's great. <laughs> you know what? Like, kudos to him and a Frightmare, which is, I think, in my opinion, still too expensive. Um, the... Uh, 
yeah, like it's, I don't know, it's, it's the attrition and it's always been a fight in the center. So maybe that's just us still playing with that Mark three mindset. Maybe that's the way the game's intended to, to be played. Um, I don't know. I would, what's your guys's feeling or experience or feedback? I'll say this, that with, at least with the attrition of the game, it, I think I talked to Tim about this. I don't know who, maybe it was with Pete, but it says like most of the games, it feels like a fire that you pour gasoline in and like a lot of stuff happens and then it just dies out immediately. And then like, that's, that's what it feels like every single game is. Um, at least the ones that I played now, I think I only had like maybe 10 or 12 games, you know, before I've been like doing all this school stuff, but yeah, everything so... feels very lethal right now. Like if everything is everything, um, everything kills everything pretty much. <laughs> I mean, everything felt very lethal when we were playing rock attack in Mark three. I don't see how this is drastically different than the war game has been in the past. There have always been cases where you'll have, you know, these flashpoint moments a million things are going to die, and then the game looks very different after that turn. I agree that in previous editions, those units could, uh, a single unit could layer itself two to three times and still contribute. And perhaps that feeling has been blunted a little bit in Mark IV due to the cohesion rules. But there are still examples of that happening with units that can aim and reposition, they're hard to pin down, um, or just anyone that has reposition built in um you know like uh your avengers units they they just walk seven inches and then they repo to the the four corners of the table and it's extremely difficult to pin this unit down it's very mercurial um i think that you know i think that one difference i am seeing is that a lot of the legacy factions are uh still heavily melee based whereas the new mark four factions uh, have a inherent built-in uh, ranged attack quality to them that uh, I think does kind of eclipse some of the legacy factions' capabilities. Um, is that more of a dual attack, or is that like strictly ranged dedicated? No, it's just, no, it's just all the new factions. They got lightning guns. guns now. Right. They got yeah. all, what what is a spray like, twelve, sir? That sir? lightning javelin is disgusting. Um, but even in Kador, everything is uh, the Winter Core. Excuse me. Everything is built with. Uh, a head nod to having a ranged presence on the table. Your basic infantry unit, they've all got guns. They've got CRA. They've got mini weapon attachments. They're very good at, mail at ranged. Um, you know, the suppressors that are due to come out soon, they they just kind of bonk you in melee, but they have freaking mini guns. Um, a lot of the stuff is just, I can do melee, but I am... Definitely gonna bring the bring bullets to this fight. Yeah, so this is the this is part of the reason why you're having so much success with Assyria. If you have anti shooting tech in Mark IV at all, bring it because yeah. you're gonna need it. Oh, dude, I, I'm so excited for my Dep 18 Rissavos. Like, I <clears> cannot <throat> wait to play that. I played uh, I played Kulgrima last night, and my feet and my <laughs> and her feet is debilitating. Like, it's... I didn't shoot. I didn't <laughs> shoot at all that game. <laughs> you shot to kill Kulgrima. You did it. Congratulations. It, gotta love them random crits. <laughs> <laughs> what are some other things, though, that we, you know, barring that, other things we're looking forward to? I saw the new character jacks, and I cannot wait to get the Orgoth guy with a big old mace. Like, that looks badass. Bro. Man, talk about hands. Bro. Talk about me, the give hands. Me my, give me my bare hands. Shut up, Randy. I want to talk bears. about bare hands. <laughs> mother bear? Yes. Oh my god, I can't. So I can't I'm wait. assuming I'm assuming how this works is it's just gonna use a great bear chassis, but they're gonna give you a kit of just like arms and heads. I and think stuff. so, yeah. Is that I how it goes? So, yeah. so make sure that you have the magnets the right way. 
am, am I? Am I the only like lame butt here that like in my head canon? So like one of the jacks, my favorite outfitting jacks is for Kator Wintercore is the great bear with the uh the 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 crit mace. Shout out Andy, that thing's awesome. And the and the shield and like in my head canon, that's like I haven't picked out a name for him yet, but that's like my character jack for Erica's Wintercore have, army. Have you guys actually named your your uh, heavies and lights? I've actually named all. Of I'm gonna them. name that one. <laughs> The um, one more question on this topic: Do we know if the character jacks are somebody's character jack, or if they're like all three oh, casters' character jack? That's a good question. I think that's a really good point. Know, actually, no. I think it's probably just like a maybe a named character jack. Because again, I think the whole idea about the character jack is that there is a it's it's the cortex, right? The, the cortex is the brain, so it's the brain that has consistently you know seen battle. Did a thing over yeah. I mean, in the previous lore, it was always just because they had a bond with yeah. with a specific person or something like that. But that could, I mean, they made non-bonded character jacks in like the Avatar and Death Jack and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it's not like I there's no precedent that. for it. Yeah. So I think maybe they end up adding a bonding rule. That'd be cool. Maybe I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. If there's like a command card or something like that, or or, or something that. Give me a bonding wreck. <laughs> you got enough racks. Anything else you guys want to go and pitch out on there? Uh. Oh, can I print cards, please? Like, I, I really, I really want to, I stare at a computer screen all day long for my job. And when I go and roll dice, I really just want to look at some paper and not another phone screen. Dan, you can print cards. You just screenshot the screen and then just print out on paper. Stop. Oh, stop. I got, I got that one. That is a terrible uh, format. Uh, my big thing is one of the reasons I'm not playing any Hordes factions right now is because of that life spiral. They uh, fixed it. They fixed no, it. They gave no, you it's a... not, it's not fixed. They gave you a scroller. It's fine. It's really not hard. I like the grids, okay? Like, <laughs> they are so easier to use. But I, before they changed, it's one of the reasons I actually stopped playing uh, Grimkin as much, because tracking damage was just not... It's just because your beasts were getting three-shot, that's all. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about that, too. Um, I, I guess earlier, when we were talking about Legacy versus Mark IV, so I guess for Hordes, I think out of the four of us, I pri well, I guess Andy, right, for Trolls. I for legacy feels like a lot of the beasts, especially lights. At least I speak on behalf of Grimkin. Compared to Jacks, some beasts feel very expensive for what you get out of them. My bomber is seventeen points. Like that's a lot. That's <laughs> a lot, you guys. Nine points for a Frightmare. Come on, my only gun, practically beast in faction. Nine points. Like that's hard, and I have to take that beast in every list. I mean, that thing makes the cut every time. Um. But I don't know if... Meanwhile, the <laughs> most expensive chassis in the traditional Kador force is the Demolisher, coming in at a whopping 16 points. Yeah, I just feel like point for point value, I, I just feel like the like the Hordes factions are kind of hurting in this department right now. The beasts just feel really expensive for the type of work they do. That and my Cage Rager get shot off the board on my deployment line against Storm Legion, so... So Erica, I know of it that has you to... missed Mark II for the most part, at least. But this is a lot of what it felt like in Mark II. Um, beasts were always significantly more expensive than War Jacks were, but they typically would contribute you know, by themselves without caster support more to the game than a War Jack ever could. I think uh, I think a lot of the problems right now is because especially down at 75 points is like because list building is kind of constrained and most people are taking one to two jacks or th two to three jacks or whatever if you take two to three beasts you can't lose one like you lose one it's you're you're in trouble so it's 
and well, trolls specifically. I'm, I'm there's, that, that's my faction right now. Is is basically my my general just run of the mill beater is 14 points. Like, and I've got two power 16s, and I can rage them to two power 18s, which is pretty good. But for 14 points, I'm getting I'm getting nowhere close to Jack uh, out trading a Jack basically. I miss power 18 weapons. Yeah, the cheap the cheapest great bear has what a power 19 and a power 17. And that's what like 12 points. Look, Eric is all about the winter core now. Okay, you guys like. <laughs> you should be. They're really they they seem really fun. I um I may steal them from you at some point when you give them up for whatever you're. Yeah, I'm holding out for the dinos. All right, hashtag dinos and zoo. Zealots ride dinos. Please. Maybe lizard I just, people. I, I just want. Yeah, go ahead. Enjoy your. Li- yeah, have, have native zoo lizard people. That's fine. Don't make don't make menites hor- a hordes faction. It doesn't make any sense. It's okay, Andy. You're only half a traitor. Kador, the motherland does have menites in it. Exactly. We still worship the same the same dude. It's fine. Uh, what else am I looking forward to? Oh, I'm looking forward to not having to proxy a bunch of different jacks with different arms. because uh, that gets really confusing. Um, for so, everybody involved, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry, Andy. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to actually having more uh, dire wolves and great bears. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward. Wait, real fast. I think if I remember correctly, the 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 fiction that they put out with the um, gosh, Rising Darkness. They said the first three books were going to be free, and then the next ones is part of the subscription service, right? Am I remembering that correctly? I don't know about first three books. I think it was first three chapters. So, like the first three chapters of this story is going to be free, that, and then that, after that, it's going to be part of. Say. Dude, I am, okay. I am ready to pay for a sub. Like yeah. I am all about it. I was all about it when they first dropped that news last summer. Like I'm ready. Yeah, I'm willing to pay for 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 content. That's that's kind of the point of it. Mm-hmm. Because again, that, like and, that and I want more lists, please. <laughs> I'm also. I play. Enough. I play three factions. I'm very list constrained right now. <laughs> I uh, I am also very willing to pay for the uh, subscription service, but I may wait um, a, a little bit until after it's started up and running, so I can just kind of let things pile up and then and then jump in after the fact. Mm. I'm I, I'm interested in see what it is. I think I'm hoping though it also the service is going to be you know. Uh, reasonable and i get i mean like what i'm saying is like is it like worth like you know two starbucks coffees you know what i mean like i that's something you can swing like a month and stuff like that so i'm looking forward to that well it's part of what they're offering i think they're doing that narrative campaign as part of the uh as part of the promotion with the with the app too right I don't yeah know and i don't is. know if starbucks is a good metric two coffees is like 20 dollars yeah, well, i was gonna say I'm starbucks sorry. is like five, <laughs> five bucks a coffee like <laughs> It's like, which place do you go to? Oh my goodness. No, I'm looking forward to the narrative stuff that the PP is going to go ahead and uh, put out as well. I don't know if it's subscription um, behind a subscription service. I, I don't I don't know. that, that would, Anyway, but I, if, what, however they end up pushing it out, I'm looking forward to engage in more of those narrative style events. Because I know that they put out stuff. The Oblivion campaign, I, I feel bad that I missed that. Uh, yeah, we bought all the stuff and never played it. <laughs> I know, like, it's such a missed opportunity. But I'm really looking forward to trying to actually do some of those narrative stuff in the future, like when having time, especially Me like too. after after like you know doing the the stuff for the the Nova stuff and just having so much fun and 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 peeking into old what are they called No Quarter magazines that about like all the old like scenarios and then. I think Ryan showed me, I think it was an old book, like Apotheosis or something that had all the, I just, all these old scenarios, I'm like, this is fun stuff. So I'm just excited to do something that's not 
steamroller. I mean, I love steamroller, but I mean, like it, it gets monotonous after a while. Yeah, I can I can definitely relate to that. And I think at the end of the day, you're not going to remember your hundredth steamroller game, but you're going to remember the couple times you played a wacky scenario with like a really memorable one time effect and, you know, very thematic stuff or there was a league going on. Those things definitely stick out in my mind going back a couple editions to like Mark II where they had like a little stamp book. And every time you played a game, you had to collect a stamp and you got special abilities and stuff i i remember those games more than i remember tournament games and and throwing them at that us every once in a while is definitely something i would pay money for yeah i uh i think um what was the last thing we did that alexia longest wait campaign that's that was, one of my yeah. uh recent oh, fond yeah fond memories where people are like is the 10 minutes up yet <laughs> because of the right? alexia curse. can we have alexia move please yeah <laughs> she's in my way she stood in front of my caster. I don't like it. Yeah. And then overall, what do you think about the app changes have been cool? Like the real-time like updates to the models? Uh, oh, yeah. And then... Oh, yeah, for sure. And the feedback function is great. Dude, uh, compared to the previous two iterations of War Room, this app slaps. It's incredible. It feels like this version of this, this app is much more easy to update than the previous ones. So they're having a lot uh, less trouble pumping out <laughs> updates. Um, I would like to see more release notes. That's all just because the phantom changes are, are wacky. Yeah. I mean, that's every software though. Every software has that. So uh, it's more of the same for the tech industry. Um, I would like some, some, some like better artwork. Like if I click on Boris's picture, can we get like a, you know, inflated version of his picture or something that looks like a big stat card because, you know, right now it's just taking you to their grid, their abilities and everything like that. But it was neat in the original uh, War Room to be able to click on the icon instead of the stat row and get uh, more of a visual effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I very much like that. I always looked at that as the I, I, the the card front was always what I would look at instead yeah, of the actual. Yeah, yeah. as as Even somebody a splash art of like a yes. full size on my phone, full background of like what Boris looks like. Then I, you know, I could do all sorts of cool stuff with that, and you know, maybe I could make it a phone background or something like. As, you know, I want to nerd out on Kador. Let's go. As, yeah, as the bat rep person, the splash art is uh, appreciated. <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> Yeah, and then also the because uh, I mean go back to the library stuff. I'm looking forward to whatever other fiction they end up coming out with. Um, like I, it, it was nice that it was like yeah, just like today it said the third chapter of the book is. So I'm looking forward to having all the reads. What have you guys like compared it to the other books? Like how do you think they are from like I don't know like the the Kane books or the uh, what is it Into the Storm or something? The yeah, I read a, I read a couple books? of the uh, I read a couple of the uh, the Kane books. I read the uh, the Thagrash book and I read the godless book um godless was of course my favorite um i was very disappointed when it was like fire and faith chapter one i'm like oh there's gonna be more of this but uh yeah, that was written by aaron riddell right andy Did he no write? that was uh hold on i have it on the bookshelf give me a second uh hang on guys he's getting the book Warren gray <laughs> oh okay okay but yeah um really really good uh i like the first couple chapters they seem to be building up some characters that they that they want to play around with the the chick in the the heavy armor seems like she's yeah supposed to be some 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 good comic relief so you, know what, cool. you know what other stuff i'm sorry not let's do another plugin for nova but it's really it, it's helping me out with like really kind of wrapping my head on what those scenarios are going to go look like as well like visually reading them like ooh yeah 
I like this. Yeah, because like you were saying after we read part one, I think Paul, you were like, "Oh, wouldn't it be cool if we recreated that village that's in the first chapter?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they, or, that's or if they what come I in. What you guys were doing, yeah. Or if they come in on a boat. I know that'd be hard. I'm sorry. Silence. <laughs> no, it's okay. simulate, simulate I've, boat. Simulate I've, I've been, I've been looking at the Lord of the Rings tables too long. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How do boats work on a four by four? <laughs> boats, boats, boats. No. Okay. I. I... I think we're at the end. I think that's everything. Am I right? Yeah, I think we've 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 wrung it dry. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, um, did oh I guess uh, as we're coming to the end. Um, so I don't. Do we want to share? You don't have to include this in the final, Paul. No, but that we might not be doing the deep dives as much. I might just be checking in with. Current no, events. let's let's actually talk about that now. Yeah. So when Tried and True's podcast first was a thing, um, the original goal was to do deep dives that were quote-unquote timeless that would be relevant you know we go find us like two or three years later and the stuff is still relevant frankly with with life right now it's very difficult to dedicate the time to make effective ones for that and i think that if we wanted to make this more consistent uh it, it we were thinking about maybe switching it to a current events with maybe doing like a a deep dive as like a we're, we're pitching it around I, I don't want to make any promises but like as like a patreon thing it's like hey like pick a deep dive series of these three things or pitch an idea to us and and we'll like suggest it or, or think about it and stuff consider it i should say so like yeah i mean so- i think that's that's a lot of the feedback we've been getting too especially when we just coming back from captain con last week a lot of the requests were just basically like where have you guys been on the podcast front we want to hear what you guys have to say on everything's going on yeah. instead of like you know, that kind of thing. What I wanted to say on the subject is oh, I think that we can go back and do really uh, extreme edits for the episodes that we want to keep timeless that will just you can refer to this as a reference episode and it could be valid later on. Um, and I think that we might just start doing episodes that uh, have a more run of the mill feel to them. Uh, but it means that we can produce the content more often because it will be less drain on an editing perspective. Mm hmm. Um, it's a labor of love and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah it it does it does sometimes uh you know require that extra investment which um which can prohibit some some developments <laughs> all right cool well if anybody has any closing remarks i would just say thank you for hanging out with us this uh this evening or morning or wherever you're listening to this and uh you know thank you for your time appreciate it yeah we really appreciate everyone that takes a listen to the podcast so thanks a lot for stopping by giving us your time uh i know this was a long recording but uh if you got here you're a real fan. Thank you. I'd like to plug our charity steamroller one more time. Uh, you get to cheat. Uh, it is February 18th. Uh, we call it Food Machine. Be here. Be there if you're local. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, thanks for all the uh, the feedback on uh, on the YouTube's that uh, that definitely helps um, you know us fine tune what we're doing here. Uh, try and true. We're going to be at a couple conventions this year. Bump into any one of us to get get score yourself. Uh, a Delaware War Machine 40 millimeter coin base. You can use that guy as a proxy or a flag. Um, and we love, uh, you know, again, we love all the feedback and we love meeting everybody. And we are super excited for Mark Four. And we hope to see you at the Nova Open. Cool. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us this podcast episode. And we'll catch you on the next one. See you. Good night, Bye. everybody. Night, everyone.